Welcome again to our broadcast service this week from St. David's in Lacha. We've moved from Epiphany Tide to the Sundays before Lent. Each week the Church gives us a special prayer for the week. And this is one which I think is quite interesting and useful. I'm going to read it for you and perhaps you'll see if it's one that you can use yourself. O God, you know us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers that, by reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. Grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now Liz, our reader, is going to read for us, and Arlene is going to introduce a reading from the Old Testament before Liz reflects, and I'm going to come back and lead us in prayer.
A reading from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, for now you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore. They left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning. I hadn't read this passage from Luke for some time, so in coming to it again, I saw it with fresh eyes. It painted a picture for me of a peaceful scene in a fishing village by the Lake of Galilee, fishermen mending their nets after a fruitless night's fishing. A painting in greys and pastel shades, evoking a scene that echoed the exhausted men having spent the night working hard to no avail, trying to keep their eyes open to repair their nets in hope of faring better on their next trawl. There was Jesus standing by the lake, a portrait painted in fresh, almost glowing white garb familiar to our Western eyes in paintings of him. I imagined him calmly addressing the crowd before turning to speak to Simon. In Luke's Gospel, this is not Simon's first encounter with Jesus, as he's already been to Simon's house in Capernaum and had healed his mother-in-law there. Perhaps this explains why he's willing to let Jesus use his fishing boat as a sort of floating pulpit. Simon had been fishing all night with no success, then working from the early morning hours cleaning his nets. He was probably exhausted and it must have seemed a bit of an imposition when Jesus got into Simon's boat and asked him to uh, put out a little way from the shore. Nevertheless, he does what Jesus asks of him. Luke doesn't tell us what Jesus was talking to the crowds about. For Luke, the focus was on what follows. Jesus tells Simon to put out into deep water and let down his nets for a catch. Simon obviously thinks this will be a futile exercise. He's an experienced fisherman, after all, and we can almost hear the exasperation in his voice when he responds. Master, we've worked all night, but we haven't caught anything. But he continues, yet if you say so, I'll let down the nets. We know what happens next. The nets are full of fish that they begin to break. Boats so full, they begin to sink. Seeing this, Simon is overwhelmed with fear and wonder, sensing he's in the presence of a divine power. He falls to his knees, begging Jesus to go from him as he's a sinful man. Caught by surprise in the midst of his ordinary daily grind and after a particularly awful night, he's encountered by one who changes everything. Amazed by the power of God displayed in the abundant catch of fish, Simon is immediately aware of his own sinfulness and unworthiness. He sees the overwhelming gulf between God's manifest, God manifest and his power in Jesus and his own mortal unworthy life. Don't be afraid, said Jesus. From now on, you will catch people. A stark contrast. Fishermen catch fish, in effect killing them to be consumed by people. But now Jesus wants Simon and the other chosen disciples to catch people as a life-giving vocation of being caught up in God's mission of salvation for all. Although they had just brought in the greatest catch of their careers, Simon, Peter, James and John leave their boatloads of fish behind them and they follow Jesus. 
Their encounter with Jesus has completely changed their lives. This story makes us reflect on how God calls ordinary people to discipleship and mission. There's nothing extraordinary about Simon Peter and his fishing partners. They're simple fishermen doing what they did every day. Minding their own business, mending their nets. And after a long and particularly discouraging night of work, when Jesus comes along, enters uh, enters into their normal mundane lives and changes everything. Jesus calls Simon and his colleagues as they are. Simon is very aware of their unworthiness. Jesus is not put off by this in the slightest. He doesn't ask Simon to get his act together, to get his resume prepared and come back for an interview. Jesus encounters him as he is, tells him not to be afraid, calls him to a new mission of catching people. Human sin and failure are no obstacles to God's call. God calls imperfect people to do his work. People who are aware of their unworthiness are not often doubting and resistant to God's call. This happens in the Old Testament, in Exodus, in Isaiah, Jeremiah. God doesn't wait for them to shape up. He calls them as they are and then works on shaping them into faithful servants. Simon Peter's resistance to Jesus stems not only from his sense of unworthiness. He initially protests about Jesus' instructions to go out into the deep waters and let down their nets because he's convinced that the fish are not biting. After working all night and not catching anything, you can't blame him for his scepticism. How often do we resist Jesus' claim on our lives? Because what he's calling us to do seems strange or too impractical. How often do we avoid putting out into the deep waters of following Jesus because we're convinced that we won't see any results? What might it mean for us to go deep sea fishing with Jesus, to trust and follow him outside our comfort zones, to let go our uncertainties, to have our lives radically changed and reorientated. For most of us, it won't mean leaving our current jobs or our way of life. We are called through our baptism to take part in God's mission to the world in Christ. We are all called daily to change our priorities to align with God's own priorities and to use the gifts of God which he gave us in service to others to share the good news of Christ in word and in deed. Jesus' mission does not wait until we think we are ready. The need for the gospel in this broken world is far too urgent, and we are called right now, even in spite of our frailty, failures and doubt, and even in the midst of our ordinary, busy, complicated lives. Jesus' words to Simon Peter is also for us. Don't be afraid. And this is Jesus' mission. And we trust that he will keep working with us and through us, catching others as he caught us. In the deep, wide net of God's mercy and love, we trust finally that the catch is in God's hands and that God's desire is for the nets to be bursting and the boats full. Amen.
Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for Peter, the fisherman, Peter, the disciple, Peter, the leader of the Twelve, for the changes you made in him and for the way in which he came to be your servant. Help us to recognise what we can and what we can't do. What needs to change? What it is that you're asking us to be and do in your service. And help us then to find the courage to do it, whatever changes that may mean. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our churches as they read the scriptures and try to understand and, even more important, put them into action. We ask that we may not just listen, as no doubt some of the crowds did as they listened to Jesus and enjoyed the entertainment and went away, but help us, like the twelve, to listen and to be changed and with what courage we can find and drawing fully on what you can give us that we accept the challenges and become your agents in the world. We pray for our church leaders. We remember Adrian, our new bishop John and all the others who lead and teach and encourage and try and help those who are finding it difficult. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our world. There seem to be so many things that are wrong and some that threaten us. We pray for those who deal with the big issues. Peace in Ukraine. A proper balance between the powerful. Good government in Afghanistan, Syria... Yemen, the less in the headlines conflicts in Western Africa, South America, the people who struggle with finding jobs or with drugs, gangs, so many things, Lord. Help those who try to do what is right, who look for development of a sort that we can sustain and that won't damage our planet for a form of economic life which will give work and hope to young and old alike, to families where we are and around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for people in difficulty, crisis and need, for those worried about jobs, for those at the moment worried about the cost of heating and fuel, here and in other places around the world. We pray for those who struggle with poor health and those who face threatening or terminal illness. With them we pray for those who look after them 
and probably worry about them too. And for doctors and nurses and all who make health care possible. Help us to be good neighbours, good visitors, good friends. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for ourselves that as your disciples we may be able to listen and hear your instructions. We may be able to learn what it is that you are doing and wanting to do next in our community, our family, our group of friends. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
And as we come to an end, I'd like to read you one more prayer. It's one of those historic ones that some people know by heart, but I think it has something to say. And again, you might come to be able to use it for yourself. Go before us, Lord, in all we do with your gracious favour and guide us with your continual help that in all our works, begun, continued and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name and finally by your mercy receive everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may Christ the Son of God gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you, your families, your friends, all you love, now and always. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If there's a problem, do be in touch. Anything we can do to help.